You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, sports fans, and welcome back. The 2021 NFL season is upon us, and the Wingfoot locks are back from Wingfoot Sports. Greg Hoyle looking finely groomed today, enjoying a, uh, a classy drink, not the usual beer. So, Greg, what cocktail are we kicking off the season with today? Uh, me and The Rock are enjoying some uh, tequila on the rocks. That would be so. Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, and his new Terramana tequila. Which you, I had to answer the question, but can I just go, woo, week one. There you go. That's a, a weak Ric Flair impression. I'm not going to lie. We yeah, got to try that again. It, it wasn't Ric Flair. It was just my general excitement. Oh, all right. That was just, all it right. Wasn't good, a, woo. There we go. The nature boy would not have been proud of that one. We have a full slate of games. We have one game in the rearview mirror. Greg is happy and sad because the Cowboys lost, but that meant his bet did as well. We are sad about that, but nothing but winners as we look ahead to the weekend. So, Greg, I am going to let you kick us off here with plenty of points. The Arizona Cardinals taking on the Tennessee Titans this week, and you like the over 53 and a half. State your case, sir. Sure do. Sure do. I think this is the uh, primary thing that's going to hold the Titans back. There's a lot of hype about the Titans, but their defense was bottom third, uh, probably even worse than that last year. And they have not gotten any better. Arizona, um, you know, they what they do really well is uh, move the ball on offense. Um, so I like a lot of back and forth here. And I don't think Arizona is as good um, as most folks on on defense as well. So you don't like um, Buda Baker? Eh, the loss mm, of Patrick Patrick Peterson gonna hurt him there? Yeah, I I'm really not. You know, well, number one, the the firepower on the Titans, right? So like, hey, what are they what are they good at? They're good at scoring. Right. Uh, they, you know, they're better at scoring than the Cardinals are on defense. Um, and then, you know, they're I, I don't know about the the cross country thing that doesn't really factor into any any of this. I don't think on, um, you know, week one, that's probably the easiest time to be traveling. Right. Because you're not coming off the road or anything like that. So sleep um, schedule, but, not an issue for West Coast teams coming east in week one. No, I'm, I, I wouldn't factor that in week one. All right. Um, but basically just a factor of both offenses. Good. Uh, Titans defense, terrible. Um, and then terrible. Yeah. And then the Cardinals defense, you know, m middling middle of the road. Um, yeah. So that's just not going to do it against, uh, yeah. What have the Titans been? I don't, I don't have the, the data from last year, but that had to have been like a top five, if not five, then seven or eight, um, 
offense, right? So um, I don't love the addition of Julio with the subtraction of like the the tight end there. I, I, th- I mean, obviously Julio Jones is way better than John o. Smith, but um, they have a new. They lost their offense. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, are you just you just comparing? Janu Smith, their tight end to Julio Jones, one of the their former tight end, I should say. Janu Smith was good in that offense. Yeah, he he was. But they also lost Corey Davis, who was their, you know, arguably number one or two wide receiver over there. Yeah, yeah, there you have a guaranteed upgrade, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think what what are we going to see? Some Anthony Ferkser? (laughs) <laughs> is, that, is that the gentleman that's going to replace uh, Janu? I believe uh, on the depth chart. Let me go back last year, though. Tennessee's uh, offense third in uh, yards per game, splitting hairs with the Buffalo Bills, both average right around 396 yards per game. The the teams on offense remind me of one another. Um, and But, you know, it's obviously night and day because Buffalo has stout defense, right? So this is, I mean, Buffalo to me is just leagues above um the titans and i i think the common theme this year and i'm gonna beat this drum uh probably really until i get burnt by it is betting against that titans defense so i didn't even think the titans are a good play here week one if you're looking for a side in that game because i, I don't i don't know who they're gonna stop it's gonna be really bad um so that's that that is a season-long prediction it's just gonna be bad defense every single week um, you know, the, the only unknown, right. Is the new offensive coordinator. You had the offensive coordinator go over to Atlanta. Um, right. And they, they've had a nice flow. Um, but, but I'm sure they're going to be, uh, they're going to be fine. Jeff Swaim is the starting tight end. Uh, Ferkser will be the backup this season for the Tennessee Titans. He couldn't even, he couldn't even pull a, a how in the world did I know the name of their backup tight end? <laughs> well, Anthony Ferkser, man, <laughs> he, uh, he had great things to say about you. You know, what's going to be interesting this year is trying to figure out what players are out there with the numbers. I'm already having trouble from these preseason games because they've switched around. Yeah, I don't like seeing Leonard Fournette wearing number seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, hey, here's an idea, by the way. Titans, a little third-round pick or a fourth-round pick for Zach Ertz. You, you, can, you can scoop that guy up. He's, he's a little bit better than Jeff Swain. You don't like the blonde-haired Zach Ertz? You're trying to run him out of Philly? Yeah, I mean, he's – I don't know. I want, I want them to sign Goddard long-term, but that that's that's at a stall. But but I like seriously, like go get yourself a good tight end. You can get one for you know you just have pick to pick them up off the woodshed. Yeah, go. you get you gotta match the compensatory pick that they're gonna get when they let them walk in free agency. That's I that has to be all they're looking for. Yeah. It has to be at this point for sure. Dallas Goddard not a bad uh one two punch there in Philadelphia. Before we get to our next game, I want to throw out a stat that I think is going to be a trend and something we're going to pay attention to in week one. Greg and I doing a little research and diving into the numbers. The last three seasons, first year coaches are one 17 and one in week one. The only win is Matt LaFleur and the green Bay Packers back in 2019 over the Chicago Bears. That was a 10-3 ball game. Pretty interesting. Uh, So with that being said, we're going to talk about some first-year coaches here in week one. The next game we have on our list is 
the Washington football team hosting the Los Angeles Chargers right now. The football team minus a point. We've got a first-year coach here in the Chargers. They are a West Coast team heading east. Greg saying that not playing a factor in the 1 o'clock game this week. Greg, you are on the Washington football team. Why? Uh, great, great front four, right? Um, like the, you know, unlike any team with a with a crushing front four here, but really sprinkling in, I did not know the 1-17 in 17 stat, uh, but I like the but idea. you do now. New right. to you. I, I do now. <laughs> and now my confidence, I told you this pick before you told me the 1-17, in 17, so now obviously I like it even better. Uh, but again, always going back to quarterback and head coach, right? So Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though he's not a world beater, I, I, my, my man won games last year. And it's Ron magic, Rivera, baby. Ron Rivera's, uh, you know, a strong coach. I don't, I don't care that Samuel is going to be out or anything like that. I don't care about wide receivers. Um, but I do think I am not, I like what Justin Herbert did last year. Do I think he's going to take a significant step forward this year? I do not. Um, so I, I just, you know, you have a tough situation where they've got to get things figured out. They made strong additions you're going to hear later i'm going to talk about offensive line and at least the the chargers addressed their offensive line they got the kid from northwestern slater 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 right but these guys have to gel um you know so i think they'll be a better team after they get a couple of weeks under their belt um, and that offensive line will be a little bit better. You've got the questionable nature of the hamstrings. Don't even get me started in how many leagues I have Austin Eckler in. <laughs> and I'm very concerned about this hamstring. Um, so that, you know, that's a question. Um, so I just think there's a lot of unknown with Los Angeles and there's a lot less unknown. Uh, and with that, it, Later on, I'll talk about the the game that I don't have the guts to to really lay, but uh, an offensive line, a new offensive line with a little amount of cohesion going up against that Redskins defensive line, they're going to eat. And I I just, I think it's going to be not an enjoyable day for Justin Herbert. I think you actually wanted to do a prop on how many times he got sacked, but we just couldn't find it. And that's, that's speaking exactly to what I'm talking about. So let me say that I am very high on the Los Angeles Chargers this year. I think some people are going to sell them because they don't really have a home field advantage over there in their new stadium. So we're going to question how much that's going to be a factor throughout the season. I still like them. Uh, I think Derwin James is a, is a monster difference maker on their defensive side of the ball. He missed most of last year. I think they have a pretty good pass rush of their own over there uh, with Bosa and Ingram on their end. So I think this could be an interesting day for Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. But I do agree with you that in week one, I'm going to go with the consistency uh, that they have had over there in Washington on the offensive front and their front four versus the new coach, the whole new system. Everybody has to learn out there and the offensive line. I think that Washington will win this one as well. But long-term, I am still very bullish on the Los Angeles Chargers this season. Bullish like nine and eight? Bullish? Bullish like 10 and seven? Bullish like I think... So let me say this. I think that the AFC West is a 
brutal. The West in football this year, NFC and AFC, they're just brutal divisions. Um, so I think to say that they finish with a winning record, I think they or the Broncos, one of those teams is going nine and eight, the other one's going 10 and seven. And I think Beach, the Raiders finish in the basement of the AFC West this year. Um, that's how competitive I think it's going to be. It's, it's going to be crazy out there. I, I think the Denver Broncos will get to them in a second. Why don't we get to them right now? They will well, be visiting. I, Go ahead. I just want to cap that off by saying I'm good with the Chargers being nine and eight because I've got a ticket on nine under nine and eight, nine and a half games on them. Uh, all right. Well, listen, that's a lot of games. And like I said, I think the division is brutal uh, out there, but they or the Broncos are going to be 10 and seven is my prediction. And the other one's nine and eight. The Broncos are heading to New York to take on the New York football giants this week. They are actually three point road favorites in week one. Now I am bullish on the Denver Broncos this season, as you might've picked up from my previous statements there. And I think this week, and this game is a similar similar story to the one we just talked about. The Giants' offensive line is absolutely in shambles. They went out and tried to help Daniel Jones this offseason, and they went out and got Kenny Galladay. They went out and got old, reliable Kyle Rudolph, and Saquon Barkley is back for them. But if you don't have time to throw the ball, you are in a lot of trouble. And I don't think Daniel Jones is going to have any time to throw the ball against what might be one of the best defensive fronts right there with the Washington football team and the Los Angeles Chargers. And so I think he will have no time to throw. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a major upgrade over Drew Locke because he won't give away games, right? I don't know that he's going to go out and win you games, but he's not going to give them away. And don't sleep on the receiving core that Denver has. Cortland Sutton, I have been a fan of for a long time. Jerry Judy needs to get over his case of the drops. What is it with Alabama receivers and the drops? We saw CD lamb. I think, you know, you got your boy Devonta Freeman. We'll see what he does this year. And uh, thank God Jamar chase could have went there based on his uh, early start in Cincinnati. But despite the drops, man, that guy gets open and he runs great routes. And then Noah Fant is a really good tight end out there. Uh, I think Melvin Ingram can have a good season for him. So this is, uh, excuse me, Melvin Gordon can have a good season for him. Wrong, wrong former charger there. Uh, but I am very high on this team. Now, I do think that the Giants defense is very good. And I think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. Full disclosure, I got it earlier in the week at two and a half. That line has moved to three. But I think that they go into MetLife and they win this game something like by a touchdown. I'm thinking, you know, like 21-14, 21-13, even 21-17, something like that uh, in the books here. I think the Giants are going to struggle on offense. If they get to that 17 number, I think that'll be a lot for them. Wouldn't be surprised if this one goes under. I think it was one of the lowest unders of the week. I believe when I last checked it, Greg, double check me on this, but I think it was 42, 42 and a half, something like that. So you actually just segued in my, into my next question. Per your handicap here, it's 41 and a half is what I'm seeing it. And I was actually giving you Jared Judy and I, we were talking prop bets earlier and I was talking to you about the Giants defense and you like the defense, right? So I get that a lot of this is on the offensive line. Why not the under? Uh, only because I think that um, I could see the Broncos scoring more, 
right? I, I think that they're going to keep this one close and it could be one of these things that gets out of hand a little bit late because the Giants then take some risks to try and get a turnover or something like that. And you get a late touchdown that makes the score look a little bit more lopsided than it is. Yeah. Um, but they do. The Giants have a really good secondary. Uh, Bradbury was really solid for them. They got Logan Ryan, Jabril, Jabril Peppers. Uh, they brought in a Dory Jackson. So they they're good there. They struggle to get pressure on the quarterback. They did get, uh, draft Aziz Ojolari from Georgia to help out on that. He's a rookie. We'll see how he does this season. Um, and he's coming off an injury himself, but I think he should be good to go. Um, so we'll see. And look, the Giants might catch a break in this. This is the other thing. If Bradley Chubb doesn't play. Um, so, cause he's, I think he is a really solid defensive end pair him with, you know, the return of Von Miller over there. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really good defense out in Denver and Vic Fangio is known for that. He brought in his guy, Kyle Fuller left the bears. Um, and you know, they just signed Justin Simmons. So, I mean, you got a whole bunch of names and, and, and a lot of talent out there on that Denver defense, but I do lean to the under, uh, I don't love the pick as much as I love the Broncos. I'm more right. confident in the Broncos than I am in the under on this one because I think it's more likely that they that there's a, I see a, a an opportunity of them to blow out the Giants. Which here with that here's my uh, PSA here for Wingfoot listeners that if you're not familiar with Joe's record picking on New York teams, uh, oh, it's, it's stellar, stellar yeah. to say the least. Uh, picking the Jets and Giants games being in New York, uh, I, I don't I don't. They're not always my favorite picks, but they're usually my best picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, you know, you, you know, the teams let's go to another first year coach. And this one's kind of a two parter here. I'm going against it. Right. So the first, the game that I'm looking at, this will be our two team tease of the week is the San Francisco 49ers heading to Detroit where they have a new coach, Dan Cat Campbell, and his team is going to bite your kneecaps off. That's great. I think that was a Monty Python and the Holy Grail skit, right? The Knights who's, uh, I'll fight you with no arms. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess that, that works out well if the team, if their team loses their arms and legs. But before that happens, uh, I think there could be a lot of trouble here for the Detroit Lions. Uh, uh, Jared Goff, everybody has bashed him, so I don't think I need to continue to do that. I think all the credit to Sean McVay uh, and what he's done out there with the Rams. And uh, we'll see how Goff does this year. Now, the offensive line is supposed to be solid in Detroit, and he does have a good running back out there. Um, but I think Detroit is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And I think San Francisco is stacked. People forget how ravaged by injury they were early in the season. And they went into MetLife, and there was complaints about the turf. That defense is back. It's healthy. I know they lost Robert Sala. He's coaching the Jets now. But Kyle Shanahan is really the mastermind in there. They still haven't. Have they announced yet, Greg? At last check, I didn't see. But I checked before we came on earlier. But have they didn't announce a starting quarterback yet, I don't think, in this one. Now, I think I that. I don't think so either. I think the the finger issue for Trey Lance is really the inhibitor there. So I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I think that they know they did announce the starting quarterback internally uh, and they're just not letting it out. Yeah. Why would you? And exactly. That's exactly why would you want the other team to know who they should be preparing for? Uh, so they're watching more tape. I think Jimmy G is going to get the start in this one. Um, I think he's going to start for a while because I don't think Trey Lance is 
as NFL ready from an accuracy standpoint. I think he has raw talent, but I don't think he is ready just yet. Uh, so I think Jimmy G is just going to be consistent and reliable, but that's all you need against this Detroit Lions team. And the 49ers are going to go into Detroit and beat them up in week one. No objections here. All right. So that's an eight and a half right now. Lions, uh, the Lions are getting eight and a half. So I bought that down, got a little earlier in the week. I'm at a half point now, but we're going to go down to one and a half on that one if you don't have it yet. And the second half of the two team tees is the Los Angeles Rams with the former Detroit Lion quarterback, Matthew Stafford, now at the helm, hosting the Chicago Bears in LA. Now, the Rams had one of the best defenses in the league last season, and they kept them in games despite a putrid offense. This season, with Matthew Stafford at the helm, I am excited for these wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And Greg, I'll let you get to Robert Woods in a second. Mm. But the Chicago Bears offense right now was trolled by Mitch Trubisky and a bunch of backups with the Bills, basically. And they had nothing to play for. They have their own quarterback controversy, right? There's unhappy wide receivers over there. This team might be good on defense, but it's aging. And I'm a little concerned about what that Bears D is going to look like uh, at the end of the season. And as I mentioned, Kyle Fuller, one of their best cornerbacks, he's no longer there. So I think week one is always a little tricky because teams don't know how bad they are yet. So you see teams hang in it a little bit longer. Um, so there, it'll be a fight because of the, the Bears defense, I think. But I think the Rams end up pulling this one out. So the two team tees, you get that down from seven and a half to half a point. We're going Niners minus one and a half. Uh, if you can get it better than that, then take it. Uh, Rams minus a half a point. And Greg, in this game, you have a player prop that you're going to be giving out each week. Robert Woods. Talk to me about him. Yeah, the people have asked for a player prop, uh, so we're going to be doing that. We started off last year, but we we did not continue consistently with it. We will make sure that doesn't go away this year. Bob Woods is putting up more than 63 and a half yards uh, in week one here. Uh, quite frankly, I think he's set to have a huge season. Uh, I am very excited to see him with Matt Stafford. I think it's going to be, I think each one of their receivers, it's just going to be a fun offense to watch with that defense. So um Definitely, they're going to have to get used to one another. I'm sure they've been doing that that in preseason and, and workouts and everything like that. So uh, 63 and a half, it's probably why that number is what it is, right? Um, because it's their first game together. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's load up on that one. I love it. All right, moving on to our next game. The Minnesota Vikings are heading in to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And those mighty Cincinnati Bengals, Vikings laying three as a road favorite in this one here. Greg, you're on the purple people eaters. Why? Yep. One o'clock start time, right? So we're not. Kurt Cousins um, is comfortable. Yep. We're not opposed to picking Kurt. Um, Unless he Kurt, uh, contracts the virus. Yep. Well, he hasn't, right? So <laughs> now, now we're good to go, right? Um, but uh, Vikings... You know, tough year last year. I don't think it really embodied who they are. Uh, Zimmer is an excellent coach, right? And this is going again with the 
you know, what is Burrow going to end up being? I can't believe my man's back this soon, which is fine, except for the fact that they have no freaking offensive line. They didn't address it with their first pick in the draft. They picked a, a wide receiver who can't catch footballs. I'm not saying he's not going to get over that, right? You you kind of hinted at that when you – hopefully, uh, Devonta Smith, you called him Freeman earlier. How oh, dare yes. you? My apologies. Um, but uh, hopefully he doesn't have that issue. But like, You got to correct I, me, man. You got to correct me when well, I, I – just, uh, I, I just did. I know. All right. <laughs> but you could have forgotten so, it. It was so late. <laughs> so So I hate that pick from an organizational standpoint, especially when your franchise quarterback – just gets hurt with the season ending injury. So I don't think he's going to be very mobile. I don't think he's going to have a ton of time. I think the Vikings are going to challenge the Packers this year for the division. It's going to be an interesting division at the top. It's going to go back to that Vikings Packers. It was only two years ago, right? When you got a Vikings Packer game and those are good games. Yeah. Um, It just wasn't, so much the case last year. Um, and, and I think we're getting back to that. So, um, you know, for first game on the road going into Cincinnati shouldn't really be that big of a, of a, an issue. And just Cincinnati's going to have another really tough year here. I know it's not a first year coach, but it's a second year coach, correct? This guy's yes in his second year. Um, so I'm good with Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, uh, let's roll in there. It's at three right now. You want to do money line instead of laying three on the road. That's, that's fine too. We were just talking about that. It's minus one sixty-five. Um, but since it's three, it's not three and a half. I'm, I'm going to go with the three and, and roll in there. There's, there's definitely high hopes for Cincinnati this year, but they've got a bear of a schedule. I mean, they're really, there shouldn't be much optimism. And I think this is the start of that, uh, tough, tough road ahead. What do you expect from Dalvin Cook? I mean, more of more of the same, right? I, I mean, they've. I think the good thing you you saw the other night there with the Cowboys, they're they're sprinkling in Tony Pollard, right? Uh, you know, kind of spelling Zeke. Who just, well, they barely ran the ball, so I mean, sprinkle yeah, is but, even a stretch. Yeah, but like with this, I, I think one of the big things that you're going to see with the extra game. And I know it's not a huge deal. I mean, I'm personally still like mentally getting used to it. Uh, I had to like make sure I said nine and eight and 10 and seven, right. Right. It feels unnatural, but I think there's going to be a lot more focus on those running backs and doing a little bit more committee, a little bit more, keep them fresh. If you got two guys and it's week one yeah, mix it up a little bit, Alexander Madison, if, if, he gets eight to 10 carries number one, he could pop one because he's very capable back. So um, yeah, you know, when you've got multiple guys that can handle the ball um, you you should be in pretty good shape. And and Dalvin cook is a very good first option. Yeah. I think he's a a pretty solid back one note for this one. Anthony Barr uh, is out for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's one of their solid linebackers over there. Um, one more thing before we get off this game, because I'm curious, do you think Joe Burrow lobbied to draft Jamar Chase? Because they played together at LSU. I hope that that did not influence the pick. I'm sure he did, right? But, like, this is also where what's a, you got to protect the player from himself type of situation. Yep. Like, hey, Joe, thanks for the suggestion. We'll, we'll – 
we'll keep that in mind and we'll let you know what we do. <laughs> hey, here's your, your new left tackle. Yeah. I, uh, I think that could, uh, do wonders for the longevity of his career. And I think they did draft and I can't, I don't know why I'm not finding it right now. I think they did draft a lineman in the second round uh, out of Clemson, but he is not even starting for them. So that was uh, quite telling for me um, that the one guy you do draft in the second round with a pretty high pick is not a starter in year one to protect your quarterback. Yeah. Sounds like you should use that top 10 pick on a, on a, Penny Sewell or Rayshon yep. Slater, right? Yep. Like if you didn't like Sewell, uh, go go get Slater. You Shoot, get... the Jets even even traded up to get back into the first round to get their guy Elijah Vera Tucker mm-hmm. to protect their rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. How is he looking, by the way? Oh, that, I'm glad you asked that. There, Zach Wilson um, oh, looks meant, like oh, Dan I, Marino. I meant Elijah Vera Tucker, but oh, also looking very good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now he's been, he's, he struggled with some injuries, uh, early on and Becton had, con- uh, Makai Becton had, uh, was in concussion protocol. So that side of the line, we haven't really got to see it at full force yet this mm-hmm. season, which is what everybody's talking about. Um, the running backs, the stable of running backs for the New York jets running behind, but let's talk about the jets for the second. Cause the NFL schedule makers sure do have a sense of humor week one. They head to Carolina to take on <laughs> Sam Darnold, former jet quarterback uh, and the Carolina Panthers. Now Christian McCaffrey is back run CMC down in uh, Carolina, but I am rolling with the New York Jets in this one. I got them earlier in the week at five and a half. This is all the way down to four. I don't love it at four. Uh, If you can get it at four and a half, I think there might be a few out there. I'd still jump on the Jet side. Here's why. There's been a lot made about the New York Jets defense and the injuries that they've had on that side of the ball. And while it is a huge loss, Carl Lawson going out, they did replace him. Um, with Shaq Lawson from the Houston Texans, who I think is a solid replacement. He, I don't think he's going to have the impact that Lawson did, but definitely serviceable in this spot. The other thing is they get C.J. Mosley back. C.J. Mosley, I think people forget how good this guy was. He played one game for Dude, the Jets. Super good. Game wrecker. And he got injured in the first game with the Jets against the Bills, sat out last season because of COVID. Now he's back. He is a huge difference maker. Marcus May still a leader in the secondary, or they they are, although they are young on the edges, but so are the Carolina Panthers. They drafted a uh, horn, a rookie. He's going to be starting for them. They have another aggressive corner on the other side who escapes me right now. I think that actually bodes well for the New York Jets, who upgraded it right at wide receiver. Corey Davis, who we talked about earlier in the show, is coming over from Tennessee. He has looked like a man on a mission in the preseason. I love the way he goes about his business. Usually you think diva wide receivers. This guy is blue collar, lunch pail, every day goes to work. And I can't remember the last time I saw that from a wide receiver. Uh, He has been named one of the captains on the team. And I think that speaks to the culture that Robert Sala is bringing over there. Now, look. We talked about the struggles of first-year coaches. Robert Sala is a first-year coach, but you're getting at least four and a half points in this one. So Mm -hmm. that's why I think that's key. Jets may not win this one outright down on the road. The other thing is they're going up against their former quarterback. The guys on the defense, the ones that have been there, even the coaching staff because Sam Darnold was on the roster, and you know they took a big look at him before trading him away. They know Sam Darnold. And so I think maybe they get a few of the tendencies. I think Darnold... 
is going to do well in Carolina, at least a hell of a lot better than when he was with the Jets. You can't do worse than when you were with the Jets because yeah. they did nothing to help him out. Right. In year one, Zach Wilson has gotten more help from the New York Jets than Sam Darnold got in all three years. As a matter of fact, the you one- get a new, a capable head coach, right? Well, for that's, one- That's a big help. And, and some offensive linemen to protect them. The first thing they do is they go out, get him an offensive lineman, and then they come back in the second round and get a wide receiver in Elijah Moore, who, by the way, has looked incredible when he's been out there, man. This guy's going to be a game changer. He zips around the field. Like, I mean, his speed, his big playmaking ability is, is something to look out for this season. The other thing is Jamison Crowder is going to miss this one. He's down with COVID. Um, but the style that Robert Sala comes from over in San Francisco with running the ball, there's going to be a stable of running backs. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a healthy dose of the run behind Becton and Vera Tucker in game one to see what's, what's really out there. Um, yeah. I don't have a ton of faith in Carolina's defense because they were lit up a little bit last year. I think they're very talented on the offensive side with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and obviously uh, Christian McCaffrey. So I think this game will be a little bit more high scoring than most people expect, but I think the Jets hang in there with them most of the way. Uh, and I think this one is a close game. The other thing I will tell you is this Jets team will not quit. Even if they're down, I expect them to play to the final whistle. Greg, you and I both read the book. The score takes care of itself. Bill Walsh talking about changing over the 49ers culture when he was out there. I think that Robert Sala is going to be looking to do a lot of the same here in New York with the Jets. And he's already starting to turn the culture here. I think the Jets keep this one close. I think it's, you know, by a field goal, maybe four points. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's a last second thing that Carolina has to pull this one out. I'll take the points with the Jets. I like it. I like, uh, I like that you're getting the points, right? You're not bucking. You're not trying to buck the one in 17 trend. Obviously exactly. it's, it's a greater than zero percentage chance of it happening. Right. But you know, to say Carolina's go out and, and secure a, a touchdown victory. Right. I think is a little, yeah, it's that's saying a little much. Yeah. And like I said, even if they're up big, I expect this jets team to be playing right to the very end. All right. Did I miss anything on your end? No, sir. All right, we got it. So one more time for the people listening. Greg likes the over in the Arizona-Tennessee game, 53 and a half. He's going to take the Washington football team, laying the point at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. On the road, he's laying three with the Minnesota Vikings against the Cincinnati Bengals. The prop bet of the week is Robert Woods over 63 and a half receiving yards. On my end, I am going with the Jets. Try and get that four and a half or stay away. Like I said, I'm locked in at uh, five and a half against Carolina. Denver, I got a minus two and a half, but I still like it at minus three against the Giants. I could see the Broncos running away with this one. And San Francisco and the Rams in a two-team tease, minus one and a half and minus half a point, respectively. Those are your picks for week one. Greg, any last words before we have the official full kickoff to the 2021 Woo. NFL season? Woo, week one. Sums it up. Love it. Love it. Greg and his Caramana tequila on the other side. Cocktails and kickoff this week, everybody. That's what it's all about. That's what Wingfoot does. Cocktails and kickoff. Enjoy the start of your 2021 NFL season. Remember, everybody, it's not whether you win or lose. 
It's whether or not you cover the spread. Thanks for listening to this week one edition of the Wingfoot Locks. Talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.